welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. So again, this is an exciting day, right? We celebrate one year of ministry, one year of impact, one year of of community here in Marysville as a church. I'm glad that you can be here today to celebrate with us, whether you were on the launch team back at the beginning of January 2021, or this is your first time, first day here today, we're glad that you're here to celebrate with us. And it's been an amazing journey since the beginning of 2021. I think our first prayer meeting was in March of 2021. We were at the Griffin's house, and we were praying. We didn't, have a, we didn't have a building yet. We didn't have a lot of things figured out, but we were praying for what God was going to do, what we believed God was going to do. When it got warmer out, we began to go on prayer walks around the city in March and April, and then last August, we did an outreach. We did a Marysville Hot Air Balloon Festival. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I didn't realize this. I thought it would be a great way to let people know we're coming into the community, but I didn't know the Hot Air Balloon Fest was basically, um, it was disguised as actually a country music co- concert a lot of the times, and if you like that, that's fine. Like, we'll pray for you afterwards. That's okay, but... Um, <laughs> But as we got there, we found out people were traveling from Kentucky and West Virginia and all over the place to come to this festival while we're trying to connect people in Marysville to come to church. And believe me, I tried. Like, I was like, listen, I know it's a five or six hour drive, but believe me, our church is going to rock. You're going to want to come here every Sunday. You just make the time. We'll, we'll comp your gas, whatever we got to do. Um, but we did not have a lot of people come from that. So we tried different things, and some things work and some things don't. But last year in September... In October, we were doing everything we could to get this building ready for church on Sundays. A lot of you were painting walls, and we were ripping out fluorescent lights to make this not look like the Batcave in here. And we, um, I remember at you know, 11 o'clock at night, midnight, we were spray painting the ceiling black, Jimmy Larius and, and Jim McClain. And then we had a bunch of garbage, a bunch of trash that were hauling out of this place. And so at like 11 o'clock midnight, Saturday night, I'm going to neighborhoods nearby and I'm throwing trash into, into the neighborhood, trying, hoping the cops don't get called on me and just trying to throw it away and get home for six hours and come back to church to get ready for Sunday morning. And so a lot of things have happened. But as I look out today and I look at this group, I say, it was all worth it. It was worth the time that we took, and I hope you believe it was worth your time. It was worth the financial investment that you've made to see a new church here in Marysville. And, uh, and we're just getting started, right? And so today, I, I hope as we go into the sermon series, we're going to be talking about belonging. And we're going to do it in an unusual way as we start a sermon series called At the Movies. You might be familiar with At The Movies. That's a popular sermon series that people use at church. Um, and I don't know if you would call yourself a movie fan or not. If not, that's okay. I, I, th- I think I would consider myself a bit of a movie fan, a bit of a movie buff. I enjoy talking about movies that I see and watching them with friends and, and watching the, the acting and the characters and the plot and character development, all these things, and teaching lessons, learning lessons from movies. Um, what I liked and disliked. And Jesus would tell stories of times when he was teaching a lesson to the crowds that would come to hear him. Jesus would tell stories called parables to illustrate kingdom truths. 
There's something about stories that we're just more inclined to remember stories. They, they help us learn a little bit better. And, and so Jesus used to use stories, and he was teaching a lesson to the crowds. And we're going to look at a movie. Don't worry, we're also going to look at scripture. It's not going to just be a movie the whole time. At the concept, as we look at the concept of belonging. And today's movie is an iconic movie. It is a staple of my childhood. It was the very first animated movie to get a nomination for Best Screenplay at the Oscars in 1996. It featured a cowboy doll voiced by Tom Hanks. It featured an action figure, space action figure, voiced by Tim Allen. That's right, I'm talking about Toy Story. Toy Story, the movie which became an incredibly successful franchise, is created by Pixar, which then would eventually become Disney, and it spawned multiple sequels that you could argue did even better in success than the original. And, uh, but at the beginning of the movie, at the beginning of the creation of it, not many people believed that it would do well. Not many people believed it would be successful. In fact, um, Toy Story was trying to get Barbie dolls to be in their first movie. And Barbie said, no, we don't want our product associated with something we think is going to fail, something that's not going to go well. Now, later, they would be involved in the future movies when they realized it was a huge success. Billy Crystal was a, an actor, and he was asked to play the voice of, of Buzz Lightyear. And he declined because he thought the movie was not going to be a success. Later on, he would say, that was the biggest mistake of my career. So this movie, it, it's Later in the, in the 90s, I, I had personal memories with it. Um, the second Toy Story that came out, actually it was the first drive through movie that I saw as a kid, was Toy Story 2 with my aunt. And so a lot of childhood memories attached to this movie, and, and probably for you as well. But I think about this story, I think of the power of friendship and belonging. Power of friendship and belonging. And so in today's message, we're going to talk about this movie we're going to show some clips of this movie. I, I'm sorry, we might spoil some plot. If you haven't seen this movie, it's, a, it's over 25 years old, so that's on you, okay? I'm sorry to say, if you haven't seen it yet. But we're going to show some clips from this movie, and the message entitled, You've Got a Friend in Me. Let's take a look at the first clip of how the movie starts out. All right. 
So as we show a couple of clips today, that we're going to show six, seven different clips. If you don't deal well with ambiguity, that's what's going to happen today. And I, I will say, just ignore some of the Spanish subtitles. It was the best version of the clip I could show you. Okay, so that's why that's there. All right, just so you know. But um, doesn't if you know the movie, doesn't that song by Randy Newman? Hearing that just give you all the feels of nostalgia. I don't know if that's if it's just me, but when I hear that song, it brings me back to my childhood. And we see in this beginning clip that Woody is essentially, he's the head of all the toys. He is Andy's favorite. They, they are tight. They are close in their friendship. And Woody and the toys, they're living in harmony. Everything's good. Like, what could possibly go wrong, right? But unfortunately, Andy has a birthday coming up. And that means that he would get new toys that he'd want to play with, potentially, instead of Woody and his friends. So the toys send out the toy soldiers to do some recon to find out what Andy is receiving. This is one of my favorite clips. Let's check out what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. Present are you going to open first? There they are. Come in, Mother Bird. This is Alpha Bravo. This is it. Come in, this is it. Quack, 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 quack. All right. Andy's opening the first present now. Mrs. Potato Head. Mrs. Potato Head. Mrs. Potato Head. Hey, I can dream, can't I? The boat's coming off. Ripping the wrapping paper. It's a, it's, it's a, a lunchbox. We've got a lunchbox here. A lunchbox. Lunchbox. Lunch. <laughs> okay, second present. It appears to be. Okay, it's bed sheets. Who invited that kid? Oh, only one left. Okay, we're on the last present now. Last present. It's a big one. It's a, it's a board game. Repeat, battleship. <laughs> Sorry there, old spudhead. Mission accomplished. Well done, man. Pack it up. We're going home. So did I tell you? Huh? Nothing to worry about. I knew you were right all along, Woody. Never doubted you for a second. Wait a minute. Oh, what do we have here? Oh. Wait! Turn that thing back on! Come in, Mother Bird. Come in, Mother Bird. Mom has pulled a surprise present from the closet. And he's opening it. He's really excited about this. Mom! It's a huge it. package. Oh! One of the kids is in the way. I can't see you. It's a... Uh... All right, so the toys are listening to the report, and they go through the list of presents. Everything's fine. They, they think they're in the clear, right? And then a surprise present arrives, and it's the coveted, trendy new Buzz Lightyear. Let's look at one more clip for the, of what happens when Buzz arrives on the bed in Andy's room. There is breathable. And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! Whoa! Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I frighten you? Didn't mean to. Sorry. Howdy. My name is Woody, and this is Andy's room. That's all I wanted to say. And also, there has been a bit of a mix-up. This is my spot, see? The bed here. Local law enforcement. It's about time you got here. I'm Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger, Universe Protection Unit. My ship has crash-landed here by mistake. Yes, it is a mistake, because you see, the bed here is my spot. I need to repair my turbo boosters. Do people still use fossil fuels, or have you discovered crystallic fusion? Well, let's see. Uh, we got double A's. <gasps> Watch yourself. Miles, <laughs> who goes there? Don't shoot. It's okay. Friends. Do you know these life forms? Yes. They're Andy's toys. All right, everyone. You're clear to come up. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Oh, I'm so glad you're not a dinosaur. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now, thank you all for your kind welcome. Say, what's that button do? I'll show you. 
Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. Oh. Hey, Woody's got something like that. His is a pool strike. Only, only it sounds like a car ran over it. Oh, yeah, but not like this one. This is a quality sound system. Probably all copper wiring, huh? So, uh, where are you from? Singapore? Hong Kong? Well, no. Actually, I, I'm, I'm stationed up in the Gamma Quadrant of Sector 4. All right, so Buzz arrives on the scene, and, and all the toys like him. They're all excited he's there except for Woody because Buzz has replaced Woody as the favorite toy that everyone looks up to. And Andy, Andy begins to spend way more time with, with Buzz than he was with Woody, and we get to the crux of the story here. The same problem that a lot of us face in life that prevents us from feeling like we belong together is Woody is struggling with some insecurity. And so our, our first point when talking about belonging is, number one, insecurity prevents purpose. Insecurity, it tells us that, that we're not good enough. We don't fit the part. We don't belong. It, it says that, that I don't belong. It also may say you don't belong. It also may be accusing someone else of not belonging in that place. It says I, I'm not enough. I don't measure up. It blinds us to our purpose because it focuses our thoughts on the wrong things. Woody is feeling in this moment uh, that, that a lot of us feel, and, and we can even find examples of this in the Bible. There's men and women that didn't feel like they measure up, like they were good enough. They had insecurities. You can think about Moses, right? He was called upon to, to come and, and speak for the people of Israel and, and God and deliver them out of bondage. But Moses said, I can't talk. I have a stuttering problem. I have problems. Ask somebody else to do that. You can think about Gideon. He thought he was too weak to deliver the people out of, out of oppression. Saul tried to kill David because he was insecure of how much people liked David more than they liked him. But I want to talk to you today for a few moments on, on the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a young man who God called to do a challenging thing. Jeremiah was charged with overseeing the death of a nation. You see, he was trying to warn the people of God's judgment and the attack coming from Babylon. We're going to read from the beginning of the book of Jeremiah. You can read with me Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's read the first three verses together. It says, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehokim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now, I include those verses there, not because I want to entertain or impress you with trying to say all those different names, but to show you the extent of Jeremiah's ministry. He becomes a prophet through the reign of three different kings as he continues to preach the message that God gives him leading up to the captivity of Jerusalem. But insecurity attempts to hold back Jeremiah from God's purpose for his life. Read the next three verses with me. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. 
Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. So God speaks to Jeremiah, and he tells him that he has been appointed a prophet to speak to the people. And Jeremiah says, uh, respectfully, God, I, I think I'm going to have to decline. You see, I, I can't do this. He says, ah, Lord God. And that can be translated in other ways of saying, alas, Lord God. It's, it's, it means a feeling of pain because I think Jeremiah truly wanted to follow God. He, he didn't desire to rebel or, or to turn away from God, but he feels as if he can't do this. He feels as if he's disqualified because of his age. You see, insecurity tries to disqualify us from our purpose. Jeremiah says, he says he's too young. And, and we assume here, scholars believe he was about somewhere between 17 and 20 years old. So Jeremiah says, I, I can't do this. I'm a teenager. I can't hear from God and go and speak to the kings and, and speak to the government and speak against them. I'm too young to do that. I, I don't even have my driver's license yet. I still got braces on my faith. I'm still on my parents' insurance. I can't, my voice still cracks from time to time. I can't be the voice of God. Insecurity about who we are will always tell us what we can't do. But something I notice here and something I want to point out to you before we move on to what God says next to him, I actually want to look at what God says to Jeremiah before he even mentions that he's too young. Notice he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I've looked at this scripture many times, but I didn't realize it until now. I think God says this in order to speak to Jeremiah's insecurity before he even mentions it. I think God was saying, I've known you since before you were formed, before you were born. I have this all mapped out to, for you before you were even conceived, so don't tell me that you're too young now. I wonder if there's an insecurity that has been stopping you that God has already spoken to. That God has already told you, no, I said you're going to do this. No, I said you're capable of this. I created you. I should know what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. I don't know what insecurity that you're dealing with. Maybe you feel like you're too young or you're too old or that you don't have enough education or you're too shy or you're too afraid. You're too fill in the blank. But God says, don't tell me who you are. I knew you before you even knew you. I knew you before you were born. And I know what you can do. And I've, I've known you and I've formed you and I've appointed you. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Insecurity holds us back from our purpose. But look at what God says in a response to Jeremiah. I love this. Verse 7 and 8. He says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. God says, don't tell me about your insecurity. I'm going to give you the words to speak. I'm going to be with you. I will deliver you. Don't, don't tell me about your insecurities when I tell you about your purpose. Do not allow an insecurity to hold you back from your purpose. Jeremiah wanted to follow God, 
but he doubted himself. Maybe you feel that way. You're like, I, I believe in God, but I doubt myself. God's saying, no, I formed you and I've known you and I've appointed you for this. Let's go back to the story of, of Toy Story and Woody for a moment. Woody is insecure. He's forgotten his purpose to be Andy's toy and he's become jealous and envious. When we're insecure, those type of emotions rise up in us. In fact, some of the loudest people in the room can be the most insecure. That's why they speak up so much to try to mask that insecurity. But, but Woody is insecure and he finds a way to get rid of Buzz. He kind of tosses him out the window. And right then Andy comes in, he's looking for a toy to take with him to Pizza Planet. And he doesn't find Woody, or he doesn't find Buzz, so he grabs Woody. Takes Woody in the car, Buzz knocked out the window, he grabs onto the car, he finds a way to sneak in there. And they stop at a gas station, again, I'm, I'm running through the story so I don't show you the whole movie. But they, they find each other in the gas station and Woody and Buzz begin to fight. They're mad at each other. Woody's insecurity is at an all-time high. And as they're fighting, the car leaves them behind. And they find a way to get to Pizza Planet. But instead of getting to Andy, they end up getting to Sid. Sid, the next-door neighbor, the bad kid, the villain of the story, okay? He's dismantling toys. He's breaking them apart. This is not the house you want to be in. But Buzz, this whole time until now, He's believed not that he's a toy, he's believed he's actually a space ranger. If you remember the quote when, when Woody says, you are a toy, and tries to explain it to him. And at this moment in Sid's house, Buzz finds out his actual identity. Let's play that clip. Calling Buzz Lightyear. Come in, Buzz Lightyear. This is Star Command. Buzz Star Lightyear, Command. do you read me? Buzz Lightyear responding, read you loud and clear. Buzz Lightyear, planet Earth needs your help. On the way. Buzz Lightyear, the world's greatest superhero, now the world's greatest toy. Buzz has it all. Locking wrist communicator. Calling Buzz Lightyear. Karate chop action. Wow. Pulsating laser light. Multi-phrase voice simulator. In the secret mission in uncharted space. And best of all, high-pressure space wings! To infinity and beyond! Not a flying toy. Get your Buzz Lightyear action figure and save a galaxy near you! Buzz Lightyear! Available at all Al's Toy Bound outlets in the Tri-County area. We see here poor Buzz has found out what his actual identity is. And, and uh, later he tries to fly out the window, having, giving one more push, and he finds out he can't fly like he thought he could. But you see, identity is a difficult thing because what we identify with, what we identify as, will either confirm or reject our insecurity. A lot of times we put our identity in what we do instead of who we belong to. And Buzz puts his identity in the things that he has, this great suit and this helmet and, and the laser, but then he realizes those things, they're not who he is. And so Woody is struggling with insecurity, and he shares with Buzz 
in this moment where Buzz realizes his purpose and who he belongs to. Check out this important clip. Clearly. No, Woody. For the first time, I am thinking clearly. You were right all along. I'm not a space ranger. I'm just a toy, a stupid, little, insignificant toy. Whoa, hey, wait a minute. Being a toy is a lot better than being a, a space ranger. Yeah, right. No, it is. Look, over in that house is a kid who thinks you are the greatest, and it's not because you're a space ranger, pal. It's because you're a toy. You are his toy. But why would Andy want me? Why would Andy want you? Look at you. You're a Buzz Lightyear. Any other toy would give up his moving parts just to be you. You've got wings. You glow in the dark. You talk. Your helmet does that, that, that whoosh thing. You are a cool toy. As a matter of fact, you're too cool. I mean, I mean, what chance does a toy like me have against a Buzz Lightyear action figure? All I can do is... There's a snake in my boot! Why would Andy ever want to play with me when he's got you? I'm the one that should be strapped to that rocket. You should get out of here while you can. Buzz! What are you doing? I thought you... Come on, Sheriff. There's a kid over in that house who needs us. Now let's get you out of this thing. Yes, sir! I love that. When Buzz finally realizes his identity... And notice when Buzz, his attitude changed. It's when he looked down at his foot and saw the name, I don't know if you caught that, Andy. When he realized who he belonged to, that inspired him to make a change. That, that was the reminder, that was the motivation that he needed. And our second point today is identity, a correct identity, overcomes insecurity. When you realize that your identity is in Christ, you will ignore your insecurities because you remember what is most important. And we talk about belonging, it's important to remember, but the most important belonging is not where we belong, but who we belong to, right? Our identity is in Christ. Go back to the scripture. After God told Jeremiah to not despise his youth and, and that God would command what he spoke and he gave him this encouragement, look at what he says next. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Andy has written on Buzz's shoe, and God has touched Jeremiah's mouth. The significance here is that what God touches, he sets apart. 
what the maker touches, it's a sign that you belong to me and you are created for my purposes, that I've planned for you from the beginning of time. God clarifies Jeremiah's purpose, and then notice he breaks it down into three parts. He says, you will destroy and overthrow. Or sorry, first he says, you will pluck up and break down. Meaning first, you're going to preach against the sin of the people. Then he says, you will destroy and overthrow. Meaning you're going to preach against the judgment of this people for their sins. But lastly, you will build and you will plant. Meaning you will preach hope and restoration. God says, I have touched your mouth, I've appointed you, and you belong to me. I don't know who's here that you've been struck by insecurity or feeling a lack of purpose, but God is here to tell you that your identity is first and foremost in him. And if you will choose to pluck out the sin of your life and overthrow the old way of life and instead build on the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. God says, I've touched your mouth. Paul talks a little bit about identity in New Testament. He says this in 1 Corinthians 3.18. He says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is fully with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. Excuse me. First here, Paul says, don't put your identity in your wisdom. Sometimes we, we trust in our own ability, our expertise. We, we rely on that degree that we received, right? We put our trust in our own financial decisions. We count on our extensive job experience. All those things have their place, but they don't compare to the wisdom of God. So don't put your identity in a person or in these things. Look at what Paul says to do instead. He says, so let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. Additionally, Paul says, don't boast in riches or in wisdom, but also get this. He says, don't boast in which person you belong to. There were different groups back then of, of where you could belong to. You could belong to Paul and what he was saying or to Apollos. But Paul is saying, don't compare my group to your group. And I encourage us, we're not going to compare our group and the gathering to other churches, right? I'm excited that you're here and you want to be part of the gathering. I think God is going to do amazing things through this group, which we're going to celebrate today. But it's not just our church that we celebrate. We are celebrating what God is doing in the church. That's capital C church. Whether you're part of this church or some other amazing church in the area, I just want you to belong to the church because Christ is the head of the church. And when you belong to the church, you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. 
That is the most important thing. Our number one identity will always be belonging to Jesus Christ, who has written his name on your heart so you can live in confidence that all you do, all of your purpose is centered in the identity of a son or daughter of Jesus. Can you clap and give God praise if you know with confidence that your identity is in Christ Jesus? Because that identity will overcome your insecurity. Woody has earlier spoken to Buzz out of insecurity, saying, you're a toy. Remember your place. But here Woody explains his identity as he belongs to Andy. I hope that you have friends in your life. I hope your community here at the gathering is a group of people that encourage you in your identity in Christ, that encourage you to continue on in life, knowing Jesus is in charge, he is in control. And after Buzz is, he's newly inspired by his identity and his purpose, he and Woody eventually escape the clutches of Sid. I'm sorry we can't show you the whole thing, but Andy is, he's getting ready to move. All the toys are packed up and, and they're shipped on the moving truck. And Buzz and Woody are desperately trying to catch up. Let's check out, let's see if they make it in this clip. Hold on much longer. Slate, hang on! Out. Great! Woody, the rocket! The match! Yes! Thank you, Sid! about how great our speakers sound with that, those explosions? <laughs> I knew they had it in them. All right. <laughs> Woody and Buzz go on this journey of self-reflection 
that allows them to wrestle with and conquer their issues of insecurity and identity, and they end up working together to make it back safely to Andy. And I want to show you, as we get to our last point today, I want to show you how the movie ends with one last clip. Maybe Andy will get another dinosaur, like a leaf eater. That way I could play the uh, dominant predator. <laughs> quiet, everyone, quiet. Holly's first present is Mrs. Potato Head. Repeat, uh, Mrs. Potato Head. Way to go, Idaho. Gee, I better shave. Come in, frankincense. Andy is now opening his first present. Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, you are not worried, are you? Me? No, 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 no. Large box. It's, it's, it's. Are you? <laughs> now, Buzz, what could Andy possibly get that is worse than you? I gotta say, I think one of my favorite characters are the toy soldiers and the code names they have for one another, frankincense and myrrh, just one of my favorite little call signs that they do. But the end addresses how they've solved their issues of insecurity and they're not afraid of what extra toy Andy might get. It's what I wanna end with this morning, thinking about being prepared because a lot of us have been that new toy, right? We, we've been that new person in church some of us grew up in the same church and it's been easy, but for some of us, it's hard to walk in and, and be the new person. And there's a season where you're new and in order to get involved, you kind of have to gain that community. The community has to kind of open up for you. And my last point is, as we talk about belonging, is number three, we have to make room for more. We as a church of people, we can't be insecure we can't be worried. We can't be attached to this concept of it's us for and no more. We have to make room for more because I believe God is doing something amazing in this church. I think it's a wonderful church to be part of, and I assume you do too. Otherwise, why would you be here? But if we want more people to be involved, we have to make room for them in our church family. Amen. Let me show you one more short passage of scripture as we close this morning. Worship team, you can come up and join me as we close. Jesus was preaching to the crowds, and he was teaching, and he was healing people in the crowds. Look at Luke 18 with me. It says, now they were bringing even infants to him, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. The crowds at this point, they're, they're even bringing children to Jesus to receive a touch from him. But the disciples say, no, no, Jesus, you don't have time for that. Jesus, there's, there's no room here to bring more people, let alone children. Jesus says, no, let even the children come to me, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. You have to understand that children... In ancient cultures, they, they were looked down on as a burden because a, a child, they can't do anything, right? They can't contribute to the family at this time. But Jesus says, no, even them, even then I wanna touch their lives. Are we willing to say that anyone 
can belong to this church, that we're gonna make room for anyone new to be part of this group. If we wanna see God's church grow and more people become followers and disciples of Jesus, then we have to be willing to stretch ourselves, to make room for more. Make room in our seats, make room in, in our groups, in our circles. We can't afford to say this is all we have room for. We have to make room for more. It's a lot easier to talk to just my friends, right? It's a lot easier when there's someone that I don't recognize, I've not met to just walk past and act like I didn't see them. But how much would it mean to someone if you turn to them and say, hey, I'm sorry, I don't think we've met yet. My name's Matt. Have you gone through our next steps yet? Have you gone through essentials class yet? We wanna get you connected. Can you make room in your circle? Can you make room in your comfort zone to say, I'm glad that I belong here, but I wanna make room so that you can belong here as well. Because there is power when we gather together. Think about a church, this group of people, when we come together and we overcome insecurity and we remember our identity in Christ, we have the ability to see God do amazing things. I know this because last year we saw people turn their lives over to God. We saw people dedicate their lives to Christ through water baptism. We saw people filled with the Holy Spirit. We dedicated families and children to God. We gave money to help those that were in need. We gave food to the Hope Center to help those. We've done all of these things because we are a group of people. Aren't you thankful for God, what he's been doing in us and through us and for this community? And I'm believing this is just the beginning. I believe there's more to happen. Are you willing to make room to see more? Why don't you stand up? Why don't you stand on your feet? We're gonna sing this, I know breakthrough is coming. There is more coming when we follow God. Let's get ready to sing this out as we close this morning. Thank you for listening to today's message. The gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.